He's definitely gone? Yes. You sure he's gone? Look, he's gone. I promise you, he signed the contract for McLaren. Definitely? Definitely. Okay. Well, let's make the car good then. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth, he's Zog. Hello. And he's Richard. Hello. It occurred to me, watching Breaking Bad recently, I've become that type of person who now sits up late in the night watching box sets many years after everyone else has seen them. But watching Breaking Bad, there are all these gloriously terrible cars in Breaking Bad. It's perfect, isn't it, Richard? If you're mm. a car geek, the Pontiac Aztec, the Pontiac Fiero is in there, the Chevy Monte Carlo, and yeah. a lovely old Wagoneer. But best of all, my favourite is the Toyota Tercel, which is just the king of naff. It's so brilliant. But it made me think, you know, oh, you know, these are cars I remember in my recent history. Does that mean that cars now from the 90s... I've got to a point where they've become classic cars, because here we are, 25 years away from 1990. How is that possible? I know maths says it is, but the 90s seems like recent history to me. So, yeah, I know what you mean, but yeah, that's time for you. Yeah, it works that way. So <laughs> there must, you, time! There must be a bunch of cars in the 90s that are you know not just future classics, they are classics now. Mm. suggestions boys well okay when you dropped me an email about this and uh, said yeah give a bit of thought to what might be your classic cars of the 90s a couple came to mind very easily the first one mclaren f1 you know gordon murray set out to design something that would be the ultimate driver's car and in designing and building that thing they managed to i think push boundaries and they managed to make something that wasn't too hard to produce they managed to design something that was just extreme enough in the respects that they wanted to be extreme but was incredibly manageable incredibly drivable mm. it's just an absolute masterpiece it was a classic really from the moment that it hit the road it's still a classic and mm. you know i think when you hear owners talk about it it still stands up there as one of the great vehicle designs of all time so yeah let's also not forget that this was a car that at its first attempt came out and won at the more yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah which wasn't even in the plan how and was how, that the last I, road no, car no, to win no, Le Mans outright? nobody does mm. that Nobody yeah. does that. Z? And yet it did it. I think it was, yeah. yeah. That's how good a road car it is. How have you, you know ever what? seen the owner's manual for an F1? Oh! Uh, Not that I, I have in person, because I, I imagine you have to read Tell it in gloves, well, but there's pictures of them online. Is it on parchment? I no, it's on microfiche, isn't it? Did they, have a, did they have a special font designed? That, no, that no, weighed no, less I, I than any other font. Me every <laughs> no, it's full of beautiful hand-drawn illustrations yeah. of things that oh. were done by one of the designers. Oh. And because they were doing it all from scratch, they could do what they want. So, for example, the instructions on loading a CD into the CD changer, the guy went to Gordon Murray and went, right, what's your favourite album? And obviously it's a Bob Dylan album because he's a massive Dylan head. And so the CD that you can see in the illustrations being loaded into the CD player is um, whatever Bob Dylan Dillard. album it was. Mm. And things like that. It's just full of really beautiful sketches to show you sort of different things. It's yeah. a work of art in its own right. I'd Do you like know what I think about the, yeah. the McLaren F1? I think it shares the same space as the Space Shuttle and Concorde. It was something which did something extraordinary, and we've struggled to repeat that 
since. The F1 was a very high performance car, half the size of the cars that match it in performance today and half the weight. Mm. The things that have surpassed it have all been monsters in so many other ways and it was this almost zen minimalist design the F1. You're right, it was a yeah, classic the second it came out. And the it? lines still look terrific, you know, mm. it's this wonderful uh, Even the long tail yeah, GTR yeah, Beautiful. Oh. What's your favourite Le Mans F1? It was the Harrods paint scheme mm, one, yeah, yeah, of course. Got to be the golf. You're right. The second one that came to mind, by apologise this is another sports car, and this is at the other end of the scale in terms of affordability. Sorry. Share your shame with us, that's okay. Okay, good, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mazda MX-5. Okay, now yes! I, I know technically speaking yes! the first one was 89, wasn't Correct. it? So yeah, it's kind of, but... but the car that made that experience of carefree, wind in your hair motoring available again to so many people, yeah. and despite the fact that they were inspired by the, mm. the kind of British motoring tradition and British roadsters, it was Mazda that took that on. But what a job they did with it. We'd all still happily have an MX-5 in our garage, I think, if we had the space. And... So, actually, this brings up an interesting thing. Our tidy Mark One MX-5s... Mm-hmm going up in value you could get them for 500 quid or something can't you but yep. there you go a bit rusty and I wonder if really really pucker ones are now going up in value well I'd imagine the, so but I, 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 I don't know I mean, there's a lot of them it's the biggest selling roadster in the last 25 years isn't it so you've got a wide gene pool of MX-5s to choose from so yes you're going to have to wade through some bad ones but there are going to be some beauties out there and actually I bet they'd be a good choice for a cheap track car if you can yeah well i think people do don't they people do do that and then you can drop them and you can tune up the engine a little bit do you know sometimes this is incredibly sad sometimes i walk down the street because i walk the dog every morning and i walk past cars and sometimes if i'm just looking in a car and i then imagine in my head what the gear change is like because i've driven quite a lot of cars so i see a golf and i go oh i can imagine that sort of slightly long throw and it's it's a bit vague but it's quite quite high quality and then i see but you see a mark 1 mx5 and i go oh my god that had a good gear change snick 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 richard that's that's not sad that's something i've done and i also imagine how the door handles feel i can so i can see something i'll see like a jag s type and i'll go i remember what the door handles felt like on that and i can remember how the door closed quite heavy doors quite a thunk Mm-hmm. But then that's really... proper car geekery. I know it's proud. Really that's a proud. Like, why is that occupying my memory? And yet, so many other things. Uh, I always imagine names. the ergonomics of the Jaguar X-Type are going to be quite good because it's so closely based on the Mondeo and Ford seldom get that sort of thing wrong. That sort of thing occurs to me when you look at it, oh yeah, it's a Mondeo, it'll be fine. I get that. Anyway, let's move on quite quickly. I know it's bad in the back, but I bet the front seat's great. You don't agree with me, do you? What, the X-Type? Yeah. No, I quite like the X-Type. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't buy one now, necessarily, but yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it was quite I'm not suggesting that as a classic hey, of the 90s. Ah, just, ooh, ah, it's just reminding me of something, actually. Hello. Again, idle thoughts that cross your mind when you're strolling the streets with this enormous hairy idiot towing you along. Don't talk about your wife like that. (laughs) I like her new short long hair. You know my dog's called Molly, but we've realised that when you text her name, the phone autocorrects it to Milky. So we've just started calling her Milky now. (laughs) She's tremendously confused. I I was walking around, there are a couple of X-types live near me, and I've always looked at them, and this is something that's bugged me for years, but it reminded every time I see one. The headlights on an X-type, right? Those quad lights, traditional jag lights, except they're not because they're sort of squashed they're yeah. kind of oval yeah. and it's always bothered me they look like something and then it occurred to me what it was it's the intakes the engine intakes on a Comet airliner yes they so, care mm, they, they, yeah. almost, they, they don't yeah. intersect but they're very they yeah, almost yeah, do yeah. They're, they're, yeah. But they're, they're, oh, they're a very distinct just, shape tangentially and the, intersecting is and that the, right? the Comet looks terrific I mean that's a great yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's a good place, place to start so, from isn't it yeah. so this, yeah, this was playing on my mind yeah. Mm. There's a chap called Wayne Burgess who is one of the senior designers at Jaguar, and I believe 
that he was the chief designer on the X-Type. He's on Twitter, where he mostly promotes his band, strangely enough. He's in a <laughs> proper band that gigs and records albums and things. Anyway, I saw him on there promoting his band, and I thought, I'm going to dive in. So I went, Wayne, this is not related to your band, but could you tell me the headlights on the X-Type meant to look like the intakes on a comet? And he went, yeah. Wow, oh, nice spot. Beautiful. Well done. Like, that's just made my week. Yeah. That. That's brilliant. Good spot. And it's also a weight off my mind because now yeah. I can go, I knew it. And you've shared that with not only the listenership, but me and Zog, who are happy yeah, to I'm share that knowledge too. Thank you. Right, team, 2008's approaching fast. It's time to facelift the X type. Let's start at the front. Any thoughts? I'm thinking mesh grills, central badge, new bumper. Yes, yes, very good. What about the headlights? Well, you know how they were inspired by the comet? Well, what about if for the facelift we do ones inspired by the Nimrod? So, bigger and a bit more squared off? No, I mean cost billions and then we cancel them. Mm, not sure about that. Perhaps we should leave the Comet ones as they are. They're quite an integral part of the car's identity. Well, they shouldn't explain why sails have crashed into the sea. Central! We got a speed! I think I worked something out today whilst thinking about cars of the 90s that I consider classics or I think are worth having. My train of thought was that because we're now sufficiently far enough away from the 90s that these cars have really dropped in value that they're going to bottom out now and then there are many who will fail and will fall apart and those left will become increasing in value. So Mm. there are certain cars you could buy from the 90s now you pay nothing for and will only start to, if you can maintain them, start to retain their value. So it's an interesting period in time. And I was inspired, Richard, by your gift, your virtual gift for me at Christmas. You know that Honda Beat that you suggested yeah. I had at Christmas, yeah. you virtually gave me? I thought, God, yeah, Honda Beat. Now, that's a great car. It's a classic. You have one of those. There's few of them. Mm. That's an important thing to help mm-hmm. retain the value. It's going to be cheap. Mm. to run you know because you don't want to spend all your money on a classic car you know you don't buy an Aston Martin that costs you a fortune just to change the spark plugs you know a Honda Beat cheap that inspired me and my first thing is I had to say I quite wanted a cappuccino again because I used to have yeah, a yeah I thought that was a cracking little car a little, uh, Suzuki and, cappuccino and there are plenty around yeah. and they're less than two grand for a very tidy one by all accounts mm. and you know that little Suzuki three cylinder turbo engine was a zeitgeist engine of today, isn't it? A little There's a new si- cappuccino coming, in fact. I didn't this know. This year, I think. Yes. No. Yeah. I didn't realise. I know there'd been a concept with an 1100 engine yeah. a few years ago. Uh, what a coincidence that happens in the year when you're getting rid of a Sora. This is yes. He's opened up the machine. Where we've gone because I'm going to have to check where we're up to with this, but I think... They showed some pictures of one all taped up, what but they showed off the, the interior. LC12 or something it was called. The concept, if I remember. Hello, what's this? I haven't seen this. I think some of these might be renderings. Yes. But Ooh, those definitely, like I've seen some pictures it. of a taped up one, but then they showed off the interior and oh. uh, it looked quite... Has to be red. Look, they're all red in these. These are all old cappuccinos, There's a yellow, there's a yellow. Ca- horrible, rusty cappuccino. What's that going on there? I'll tell you what it made me realise. Yeah, my first instinct was for the cappuccino. I thought, do you know what? The Subaru SVA. Oh, I thought of that as Did well. Did you really? What a, what a car. But again, it taught me something. These are both Japanese cars. And my other suggestion was the Honda 
Insight. And these are all Japanese cars. So what has this taught me? Perhaps the value classics of the 90s, or certainly in my perception, are all Japanese cars. How interesting. What does that tell you? It used to be British cars from the 50s and the 60s. In the 70s, maybe it was American cars and some German cars. The 80s, certainly German cars. The 90s, the period of the Japanese domestic car oddity. I know I have a skewed perception because I own a JDM car. But what have I learned from this? Yeah, the Insight. There is one parked around here, the original Honda Insight. There's one parked in Islington, which I see used driving around by a nice you know, 60-something-year-old lady driving around it. I believe, and I think friend of the show, Johnny Smith, is a bit of an expert on these things and has one. Insight prices are on the up. There you go. Yeah, yeah, quite okay. sort of. Exactly. So. Make uh, that old woman now, run off it before it goes. You know when I said there's going to be a new Suzuki Cappuccino? Yeah. What did you mean to What say? I actually meant was there's going to be a new Daihatsu Copen. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, there okay. it is. Oh, oh yeah. That's quite sweet. That's much better, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, it looks very Honda. I, I got confused Easy. there. Anyway, there yeah. we go. That's coming. Oh, well, it okay. filled the well, same I don't know niche. if it'll come to this country. I'm not sure. I could never have a Copen, though. I didn't like it. It just looked cartoonish, whereas the Cappuccino looked like a... The cuter cartoon, it's less stylized. It's got a good cartoon versus a bad cartoon. Yeah, yeah, Because the cappuccino isn't on cartoon. No, it certainly isn't. It's Um, like a three-quarter scale model of a car. But I'm not finished yet, because I think the ultimate 90s car that you could buy, it's not Japanese though, it's an American car. And the trouble is you can't buy them. The GM EV1. Oh, Oh, okay, yeah. Now, that was a car which started in, what was it? They finished in 99, I think. It was around for about three or four years. There were two or three series of it. And you couldn't actually buy them then. You had to lease them, didn't you? And then they called in the lease GM. First car ever to be sold as a GM car, Mm. as opposed to a Chevy or a Pontiac or a Cadillac or an Olds. But you got it serviced at a Saturn service point. So they're sometimes known as the Saturn EV1, even though it was branded a GM EV1. But that car, because GM recalled all those cars and crushed them, they kept a few and gave them to museums and universities, Mm. I believe. Yeah, um, there's a picture. You can find it quite readily online. They took them all out to their proving ground in the desert. And they just crushed them. And there's a picture of a stack of crushed EV1s wow, out in the really? desert. Yeah, it's, it's quite horrible, really. Cause yeah. just, well, and it was an incredibly high-tech car for its yeah. time. And there are inevitably conspiracy theories around, mm. you know, why did they, you know, mm. what yeah. happened to it? There's a whole movie about it, isn't there? There is, there is a whole movie about it. But I'm not overly inclined to buy into conspiracy theories generally. You know, mm. usually the simple explanation is the best. And the EV1, the reason that it was leased rather than being sold as a regular commercial vehicle. Yeah, it was that it yeah. was an experiment. Mm. For GM, I think it was a successful experiment. Yeah. I don't think you need a conspiracy theory to explain why they... No, not at all. It's just, you know, it was first-generation technology. Yeah. The very first cars, they had to step in at one point because they were bursting into flames while they were on charge. And a lot of Americans have garages Which and is, they would yeah. be charging in the garage. You don't want your garage on fire in the middle of the night. That's not good. Mm, so, not you know, they were sort of working yeah. out the bugs. <laughs> and the best way to do that was to take ownership of the cars and never give it away. Yeah. Because Americans yeah. tend to lease cars anyway, I think, probably more than we do. <laughs> Yeah. Country, but it's a worth- more common way to buy a car so it wasn't yeah. weird at the time or since it was just the way they did it to make sure that they weren't letting these cars out into the wild when they were essentially sort of like just a, a series run of prototypes yeah, it was like a, yeah. Yeah, a big sort of beta testing program in yeah, a sense. Exactly. Yeah, but, but it's worth saying that I think that, that a lot of people that leased them were any catching fire instance apart were mm. on the whole very impressed by them yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah. BMW did a similar thing with the Mini didn't they they made an electric yeah. Mini and they leased it to people in the UK as well I think yes, there were 50 did. in the UK and all that thinking went into the, the current electric I- I3. Cars, the i3 and the i3. Yeah. 
So, yeah, if there's a perfect 90s car that's a classic that you could buy that would be really worth something, yeah. that would be the car, I think. But you certainly can't get them in right-hand drive, and I don't think you could actually buy one. But if you can, do it, man. And retrofit it with technology in the future. You know, put some Nissan Leaf batteries in and watch it go. Or the antimatter drive technology that I just yeah, invented. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Another show. No, 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 no. Can you do it in one minute and 15 seconds? I was just thinking that if you were to synthesise atoms of an element using anti-neutrons in your nuclei rather than regular neutrons... Hey, what do you normally use when you're synthesising... Uh, I don't understand You, you, you use regular neutrons, <laughs> obviously. Come on, keep up. <laughs> if you were to make atoms of a pure element, but instead of using regular neutrons in your nuclei, you're using only anti-neutrons, mm. it seems to me that that would give you a way to relatively safely store antimatter in the form of anti-neutrons because they're safely locked away they're inside the nucleus you know the, with electrons spinning around the outside so they're not going to kind of bump into any neutrons mm. to get annihilation the bit that i'm not sure about is whether the anti-quarks in your anti-neutron would do any annihilating with the quarks in the proton in the nucleus of your atom that's my idea I'm sure someone's thought of it already because it's too easy a thing to think of. And it's no use to anybody right now because there's no kind of engine, there's no sort of reason why you'd have any energy storage system that involves storing antimatter and banging it together with other matter to do the annihilating and energy release thing. But one day, this could be very useful. I know, Professor. The proton has such an incredible power to repel. I've never seen anything that repels so comprehensively. Have we any idea what makes the proton so completely repellent? I think it's because it's a crudely restyled 15-year-old Mitsubishi made in Malaysia. Hmm. Yes. We're discussing the 90s here on Gareth Jones on Speed today because we're just far enough away from it for it to be cool. Are the 90s cool? Are they? Is it? Is the 90s a singular or a plural? The 90s. Uh, the 90s is plural, isn't it? Yeah, but it's just where yeah, people go yeah. wrong is they put an apostrophe in between. Yeah. Oh. I know. Punishable by imprisonment when I become benevolent leader of this country. Correct. Um, Correct. Are the 90s cool yet? Well, I suppose they I are because so. the sort of stuff now is being taken from the '90s and showing up in music mm-hmm. and uh, like the Happy and fashion. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> also that thing now where Americans are obsessed with what they call EDM, electronic <laughs> dance music, yeah, which we've known about for ages. Well, I was going to say, just, I mean, that's just basically sort of acid house and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that what, just yeah, house, or, or for that matter, you know, it's Chicago house, which yeah. they invented, and then suddenly they've rediscovered it. EDM as well, as opposed to what, like acoustic dance music. <laughs> Yeah, all around my hat. So, is yeah. the 90s cool? I don't yeah. know, probably bits of it, yes. But why not? not as cool as the 80s. No. no, no, nothing is as cool as the 80s, yeah, apart from true. the 70s, which were even cooler in its absurd, wild, frontier way. It's moon panted glory. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's funny, isn't it? We've sort of become very self referential and look back to the decades that we've only just gone. I don't think there's ever been a sort of bit where we've gone, hey, the 20s, they were cool, let's go back to that. Not in a, way, in a wholesale way. Well, I know you think happen. the 20s are very cool. Because yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Big, big fan there. of the 1920s. The yeah. 20s and 30s were the most futuristic period. Oh, I reckon the 20s and 30s were more wonderful. futuristic than the 70s were when we went to the moon and did futuristic things. You know, the kind of advances we made back then. Look at the design. It was the future. Look at... But what about... But then, well, the, but then the there 50s was an idea as well. Of, 
Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was reading, as I do sort of habitually, probably once a year, I suddenly become obsessed with the SR-71 Blackbird Good. and have to read about it for a bit. Oh, there are and some then... pictures in Wired you have to oh, look at. really? Yes. Oh, yes. oh. But that was designed... A photograph of more SR-71s together in one place. Oh, is it place? the 11? Then the one, 11 of them in the, the on group that, on, on the row? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I know. Oh. See that? Ah, it's fantastic. Uh, it was designed when? Late 50s? Late 50s. Yeah. 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 58. Yeah, yeah. 58. Well, because it was, what, was the A-12? A A-112. Yeah. Let's not get bogged down. That. No, no, I like we could it. Do we'll do never stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. You carry on, my friend. Uh, so, yes, the 50s. The 90s, though. Yes. Turning to Eddie Izzard. Just talking in tangents. So what's your perfect 90s car? Have you thought of one? Oh, well, well there's so many. Classic. And also, because, oh, right, Ultimate 90s Classic, and thus well, I think it's already a classic. Come on. Because prices are going up. I had a bit of a wobble where I thought, I should buy one quick before they completely go through the roof. But then I thought, no, what do I do with it? Honda NSX. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Which, yeah, I, again, yeah, absolutely. a bit like the MX-5, came yeah. out just at the very end of the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's really a 90s car. That was its heyday. Mm-hmm. It yes. lived into the 2000s. But... The 90s was when it gave Ferrari, in particular, a bit of a scare because they went, oh, right, so mm-hmm. a sports car slash supercar. Was it a supercar? Only six cylinders, not supercar. Well, usable supercar. How do you define... Let's not get bogged down on that either. But, yeah. Yeah. but at Ferrari, they went, oh, well, it can work. Oh, it's supposed to start every morning. Every oh, morning. Yeah. You can use second gear before the oil sump's yeah. warmed up. This That's is a ridiculous weird. idea. And, it, and it's how cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And then ref back to the McLaren F1, the two cars that Gordon Murray drove around in to benchmark things like driving position and usability for yeah. the McLaren F1 were the Porsche 911 and the Honda yes, NSX. Yeah. And the Jaguar X. So, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NSX, absolutely fantastic design. Will the launch of the new NSX mm. make the older NSX look crapper or will make it look even more chic generally what happens when the new well it's, been such, comes it's out? not like it's a direct replacement is it because there's been such yeah. a gap so I don't think it'll do any harm to the old NSX if anything people will remember there was one but the prices are already going up I mean good mm. ones and because I think there's a few have been monkeyed around with and you know you get autos and it's a proper old fashioned automatic so a lot of people don't want that but a lovely sort of 3.2 litre NSX coupe with a manual box on it in tidy condition with not too many miles on it is a very lovely thing and people seem to want them because there's very few around as well so prices seem to have gone slightly bananas on them and it's a car that of course Ayrton Senna had influence yes. to mm. did a lot of work on the development of and uh, you're actually so, I think legally you're not allowed to mention the Honda NSX without saying Ayrton Senna's name it's right, like yeah. the right so scimitar okay. yeah. oh Princess Anne Yep. <laughs> yes, yeah, I had to say that. Yeah, wasn't Senna's own NSX or the one that was loaned to him yeah. for sale in the last couple of years? Was it? I, I, I seem to remember something. Honda UK remember. owned it still because it was uh-huh. their car they let him use when he was in the UK. Mm. Uh, I don't know that. That's a yeah, bona fide yeah, 90s yeah. classic, and I would love one. The other one, which is sort of a 90s classic, but it's, it's a classic for any era, is the Porsche 911. But the 993 that came out yeah. in the 90s, yeah. they have gone... Water-cooled? Silly side. No, last air-cooled. Okay. Mm. And then when the water-cooled ones came out, the second-hand prices of those last air-cooled ones actually went up because people were so disappointed with the water-cooled one. And then they sort of softened off again because the water-cooled ones got better and better. Now, they've just gone stupid. You'd struggle to find one for under £30,000, where once, you know, they were sort of 12, 15 or something, and no hope of getting anything for that now. And they are rather brilliant. I drove on Evo magazine, had one that they bought and ran for a while, and I drove it. And it was like my old Jag XJ, or for that matter, that Defender I was talking about in the last programme. It's modern, 
but old-fashioned. It's almost like it's a vintage car you can use every day. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the fundamental design mm-hmm. is old, so you get some of the things from an old car that you actually want, the sort of quirkiness and a bit of character and a bit of unusualness. But it was built in the 90s, so it's sort of to reasonably modern standards. Debugged, if you like. Yeah. Version well, yeah, 5.6. I mean, for that, God's sake, you know, that, that is the 993 of, yeah. is the yeah. end of the lineage that started with the old 901. The 901s development the, of your air mm. Yeah, and I've deeply covered them. But, I mean, talking about classics, they are classics, definitely, because, again, prices of those have gone through the roof and they're really sought after in good nick and all the little checkboxes of what makes a classic, no question at all. So I was trying to single out something that I think is still sort of bubbling under... I thought at one point VW Corrados, you know the that, sort of I think, the yeah, G60. Well, I never yeah. really loved that one, was it? That was a sort of bastard. They pushed it a bit further, yeah, but they, the yeah. but the VR6, VR6 ones, one, and yeah, it, just a, even a tidy original 16 valve one, because I think too many of them got modified or crashed. Mm. That the ones that are left. They're sort of sought after by people who like Corrados, but I think the wider world will suddenly go, you know, a bit interesting. Okay, so if we had to make a choice each of the cars that we've each suggested now, which would you go for? I might go for that Subaru SVX I suggested. Mm. Shijaro, why wouldn't you? You know, it's a design classic in its unusual. A couple of years ago, you could have bought one of those my mate Matthew. Did he have one for sale? Well, well, he had one for a couple of years, and then I can't remember why he sold it. I think... Yeah, I can't remember. It was, it was getting, getting, hard, <laughs> getting hard to get parts or something. Yeah. Like so just, what were your suggestions? It was the MX-5 and uh, MX-5 the MX-5 and the McLaren F1. Well, you'd have to have an MX-5, because with great respect, well, uh, so well, none of us can afford an F1. Well, no, really well, well, I was going to say, we have to clarify. Are you asking me, of the cars that we've mentioned, mm. you know, which one would I pick mm. without any budget constraints? If I'm just allowed to pick one, if they're lined up there, the keys are there, I can drive any one of them away without putting down any cash. Is that what you're asking me? No, I think we've got to put our virtual cash there, haven't we? We've got to put our virtual cash yeah. on the table. Be- based so on the cash that we actually have available in the real world. How much can I get an NSX for, do you reckon? Well, now. Because you see, because be honest, yeah, 25 to 30 it, for a sort yeah. of serviceable one, but a really pucker low mileage one, 50. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. And plus, you see some silly prices on them, but I think people just take a punt and go, oh, I'll make up a number and see if anyone bites. Because yeah. there's so few around. You know, if you desperately, desperately want a blue one, yeah. manual, what 3. was the 2, last, then maybe there's only one in the country the run out model that was in white in the Japanese racing white there was a special edition what well was it was an SXR in Japan is that what it and was Honda, yes. Honda UK brought one to Britain and I think it was a bit much I gather we tested it on Top Gear Hammond drove it a bit much. and the ride was like <laughs> no ride quality whatsoever and it was just all a bit silly. And a normal NSX is perfectly lovely. Yeah, what would you, what yeah. would you choose? I think I'd have the NSX. Good just because it's yeah. a bit more unusual than the 911. Interesting. Mm. Sure. But yeah, Japanese I mean, again, boys. But, but I don't know, maybe I'd have the 911 so then you and I could meet up. You with your SVX and me with my 911. Mm. We could form some kind of flat six club. That's, I like that, yeah. But, but no, I'd go NSX, yeah. I think. Well, if I'm factoring budgeting, yeah, I've got to go with the MX-5, I'm afraid. Yeah, so we'll Good choice. Go. Say goodbye, Zog. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Richard. Goodbye. We're going to leave you with a tune. We've spent this entire programme talking about cars of the 90s. Uh, here's a song about the car I owned in the 90s, which I wrote and recorded with my friend Michael Cumming. Michael used to have a Reliance Scimitar GTE. Prince of San. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Instinctive, uh, I can't help yep, And I had a, a Lancia 2000 AEHB, of course, and uh, they were difficult cars to own. And so we've recorded it in a 90s style, in the style, loosely, of Oasis. This is me and Michael as Halitosis. Can I just check? Yeah? You, you didn't find that every time you started trying to record the song, you had to reach into the engine bay with a hammer and a chisel and bash the starter <laughs> motor to get to start, did you? <laughs> um, I remember that Lancia. I had to wait 45 minutes car, for it but... to restart. and it got hot, it wouldn't start. 
Yes, we did. True. So here's the song. It's called You've Got a Funny Little Way of Showing That You Love Me. See ya.
send us an email. See pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. <laughs>